think about what's the primary benefit somebody's going to get from opening and reading your email and, um, and then keep it concise, which can be the hardest part. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we're joined by Emily McGuire of AWeber to talk all about email marketing. In real estate, so much of your communication is done one-on-one, so crafting engaging email content can be tough. Throughout our conversation with Emily, she shares tips for not only creating the perfect email newsletter, but also strategies for adding new leads to your email list. We also touch on when and how often you should be sending out your content and the key stats to look out for when judging the success of a particular email. Now, before we get on to today's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Also, if you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to the day's featured interview with Emily McGuire. Whether you're already producing email content or ready to get started, the tips Emily shares are surely going to help you find success. If you could, the way I like to start everything out is if you could just introduce yourself a little bit to us, uh, who you are and where you're at. Yeah. Hi, I'm Emily McGuire. I am the customer evangelist at AWeber, which is an email service provider that specializes in small businesses. And I've been an email marketer for about eight years now, and I've worked with um, companies as small as, you know, entrepreneurs just starting out, coaches, consultants, professional services, all the way to tech, SaaS, and e-commerce companies. So I've run the gamut, and I have literally sent thousands of email campaigns, so I've made every mistake possible. (laughs) Uh, So I love to talk about my mistakes so other people can learn from those. They don't have to repeat them. Right. And so our audience is mainly uh, real estate agents and their brokers. And, um, you know, when it comes to email campaigns, that is something that uh, can be kind of hard to wrap your head around when you are that one-to-one type, you know, and a more personal business. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think people get... um, you know, it's really scary putting out content out into the world. And especially if you want to present a professional image of yourself, really polished, and you want people to trust you. Um, So making sure things are perfect, and that they resonate with your audience is it can be anxiety inducing. And, you know, what I like to recommend to people is to, you know, let go of that perfectionism a little bit, because that's, first of all, what is going to is what is going to stop you from putting anything out. Um, And the other thing is that people love to just connect with each other on a human level. And so traditionally, I see people put together these newsletters that are just jam-packed with content, articles, the latest thing you're reading, all that fun stuff. Um, But that can be really labor-intensive. And so what I like to recommend to folks is to... Um, consider writing um, a letter to your audience instead of feeling like you have to uh, razzle-dazzle them, right? With all this thought leadership and authority building. People really want to know who you are as a person. So just talking to people about, you know, what's going on with the market? What have you been seeing? 
in your area, some quick tips and tricks to get ahead of things. Um, it really can be that simple. And I think once we step into the idea of ha wanting it to be perfect, we overcomplicate it, um, which really gets people stuck. Right. Yeah. And one of the other things when it comes to, you know, especially for real estate agents, it's not <clears throat> the building of that email list is a little bit different than, you know, the, uh, the small business that's maybe, you know, selling a product online or, or doing something. It's not necessarily once you click this email ad, you are added to the, you know, the email list. And so how, how would you recommend agents really kind of start building up that, that email list? Well, I mean, first of all, just asking people, anybody you come in contact with, just ask them, hey, do you want to be on my email list? Here's the type of content I like to send out. Um, and I mean, that's the best way, right? And I think people forget like, oh, you need to be talking about it and promoting it um, to get them on your list. The second thing is, you know, consider um, creating some sort of guide specific to your area. Uh, that people would be really interested in accessing in exchange for their email address. Uh, you know, you can do anything from, you know, a moving checklist to, you know, a local guide, especially if you have a lot of transplants coming into your area. Um, anything that you think your ideal client would find really useful and helpful. And it, again, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It can just be a couple page PDF. Um, that you can, uh, again, offer people for free in exchange for their email address. So those are two quick ways um, I see uh, the most impact uh, of building a high quality list, you know, not just any email address, but the right email addresses. Right. I really like those ideas of the, uh, you know, kind of that local guide. So like, you know, every year you could, and that's something you could update every year, you know, like your top 10 restaurants of exactly. 2022 or whatever. And you know, you put that out on social media and you're going to get a lot of clicks on that. Yeah. Or like the hottest neighborhoods or maybe mm -hmm. even the most underrated neighborhoods. Um, right. Like what, what is some information you can give people that they're going to find really interesting? Right. Yeah. I like that idea. So, yeah. And we, you talked about, you know, the building, the high quality lead. And so for real estate agents, those are people that are, you know, really kind of in that market, in their particular market. Cause that's the other thing when it comes to, you know, social media marketing sometimes is you want to really for agents is pinpointing those people that are in their market, looking to buy and sell in that particular market. So how would you um, really target and start building up that high quality list for the agents, for people, you know, in their, in their area? Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking for leads in general, um, you know, Facebook groups are a fantastic resource, um, especially as local guides. And so if you create that lead magnet, just being active in a local Facebook group where people are asking for advice on moving um, in real estate, if you see questions and they're just pop in your guide, right? And you can grab an email address um, as something that is helpful and not... Um, you know, super salesy, which some people can get really, um, they have their antenna up, right? Um, but I think just really speaking to um, the unique problems and challenges people have about buying right now um, on social media and wherever your 
ideal clients are hanging out online is going to help you grab those leads. And then again, having something to collect those email addresses with, like a lead magnet, uh, is going to be really helpful. Right. And now, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, once you have somebody in your email list, what are some of those top things that you know all agents should really pay attention to when creating that content. I know there's, you know, when it comes to those emails, there's, you got to think about, you know, the subject line is a huge one right out of the gate before you even start thinking about the content. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, especially agents, you know, you're, you're your own personal brand. I think putting out right, uh, right up front who you are and what makes you unique is really important. Cause again, people want to, people want to trust you, not only trust you, but like you, Right. Uh, and like you enough to work with you. So I think, well, the first thing is having a welcome email. When somebody signs up for your emails, um, that's they're going to be the most engaged right then. And so welcoming them to your list and having um, an introduction to who you are and, again, what makes you unique um, is going to be incredibly valuable. Um, but when you're thinking about putting out emails regularly, again, Think about um, what is it that people are struggling with right now? Um, what kind of information are they looking for? And also, how do you want to make them feel about how you can help them? So letting them know, again, who you are and how you help solve those challenges and what your expertise is around that and maybe your personal experiences. Um, people love stories. They love to hear about how other people have managed similar challenges and overcome them and how you've helped them do that. So that type of content is the most powerful. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be super complicated. It doesn't have to be a roundup of the podcasts you're listening to right now or your favorite audiobook. It just has to be talking to them like real people as a real person. Right. Right. And I think that's, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole, uh, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. So, you know, you don't just talk to somebody as if you're talking one-on-one. -on -one. Exactly. Think, yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, when it comes to the actual copywriting, what are some of the tricks to actually do that, to make it to where it does feel like you are having a conversation with somebody that it is that letter that you're writing rather than this just blast, you know, newsletter. Yeah, I mean, think it like you just said, think about it like you're talking. Um, and, you know, some copywriting tricks that people use are, you know, instead of typing out what you're going to write, re just record what you want to write and then transcribe it. And then obviously finesse it so it's grammatically correct. Um, that's one way to do it. Um, another thing to think about is, you know, an age old copywriting trick, which is what's in it for me? So a lot of people can sometimes focus too much on themselves when they're writing, which again, is not necessarily a problem. Um, it again is conversational, but thinking about what's in it for your audience, why should they care about uh, what you're writing about is always going to help you bring home the, the main point and again, why they should care because we're, you know, inherently selfish people. We want to know like, well, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> um, so, um, and that also applies to subject lines too. So when you're writing a subject line, um, think about 
instead of, you know, here's my new newsletter this week, um, think about what's the primary benefit somebody's going to get from opening and reading your email and, um, and then keep it concise, which can be the hardest part. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so when it comes to the actual, um, you know, the, the personalization and, and really kind of tailoring that email to where you are getting your message out there, but also, you know, meeting the needs of your email list. What are some of those tricks that you have to not make it to where it is, you know, all about you? Right. Well, start with, always start with, you know, what they call a hook. So what is the thing that's going to get your subscribers attention? That could be, it could start with a story about a past client or maybe a conversation you had recently. Um, Again, something around what your audience's main challenges are right now. And so thinking about like, hey, I know what you're struggling with right now. Here's the landscape of the real estate market. Here's an example of that challenge. And here are things that I'm doing right now to help people overcome those challenges. Um, Always lead with what the subscribers want to know about right now. Um, Make it about them and then make it about you. Um, That's the the best way to hook people so they keep reading so they get to the the juicy part, which is... (laughs) how you're going to help solve their problems. Right. And when it comes to the actual, you know, when sending these emails, is it better to have more of a, a regular schedule? So people come to expect, you know, your, your newsletter or your content, or is it something that, or is it better to have more of an irregular schedule? So it doesn't become something that, Oh, every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, this email is going to come through. So almost to kind of hide that uh, banner blindness, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, with digital marketing and I mean, any marketing consistency is always key. So when, whatever you decide your cadence is, and I recommend weekly, um, showing up regularly is going to get people used to your emails. It's going to keep them engaged. It's going to keep them warm, all that fun stuff. Um, and, you know, honestly, you know, sending every week at the same time is a a legitimate strategy. People, it can really help people plan ahead and get used to, okay, these are the days I write my emails. These are the days I get those out. Um, But, you know, sending it maybe another time every week um, can really help you also determine when are people opening and reading your emails. And so like not everybody's checking their email at 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning, right? Every single week. Um, they check them at different times. So I think in my opinion, it's more about what, how you work and how you can set up a regular schedule for yourself. Um, because that production part is always the hardest part. And so getting into a process and a rhythm with it, with your work style, I think is the most important piece, um, as opposed to it being like, it has to be Tuesday at 10 AM every single week. Right. And I think a lot of times when it comes to the scheduling, it also depends on what type of content it is as well. If it's, you know, a a newsletter that's going to have a lot of these are my upcoming listings or these are my open houses for the week, you know, maybe that should be a, a Monday or Tuesday type send, but would you have that kind of more content heavy, uh, almost guide type email, would that be 
towards later the week or even, you know, the weekend so that as people have time to consume that, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so weekends and evenings have less inbox competition and people have, I mean, people are on their phones all the time. So they're just scrolling uh, their email, checking their emails while they're watching TV at, you know, eight o'clock at night. So I think that's also a really great strategy to play with and test for your audience. Um, and again, less inbox competition. Um, I think most emails go out during quote unquote normal working hours, you know, nine to five. Um, so it's definitely a good strategy to play with and see if it resonates with your audience. Right. It, you know, for real estate agents in particular, a lot of, um, you know, their clients are, you, you have your buyer clients, you have your seller clients. So, and even within your, those two categories, you have different niches that you, you know, in different kind of pipelines that people are coming. Would you suggest for agents to kind of have, and it doesn't have to be a whole lot, but maybe three or four almost like introductory emails or emails that go out in that are automated, that are specifically designed for those segments to kind of get them warmed up to you? Yeah. So like a welcome series that's, yeah. 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 Almost oh. like a, you know, it just kind of gets them, you know, it kind of build up your authority within their specific needs before they start, you know, only getting your, your email that you're sending out every week that might not always exactly meet their needs. Yeah. So, uh, so a welcome series obviously expands on that idea of a welcome email. Um, and that again, allows you to start uh, addressing maybe FAQs from people and you can maybe expand more on um, your expertise and your unique position in the marketplace. Um, and then also telling people how you work with them um, and even sharing again, past client stories. Um, people love testimonials. They love success stories. So that can also go in a welcome series. The challenge uh, segmenting it, depending on your, um, those, those different buying or those different um, client personas uh, is, you know, identifying them so that you can put them down uh, individual, more personalized welcome campaigns. Um, and, if you don't have that ability, you can always put in your well, create one general welcome series and just say, you know, for buyers, this is, um, this is a helpful tip for sellers. This is a helpful tip for, you know, whatever, however else you break out your, your client personas, you can include those in a general series, just tailoring it to each individual market. Right. Even, you know, depending on how, um, you know, really involved your, your website is. If you have different blogs for those specific things, you could have links, you know, specifically for your buyers or your sellers. And you could add those in any of those emails that come up. You know, if you have, if you just written a new blog specifically for first time home buyers, when you throw that, you know, when you have that newsletter go out, you know, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Exactly. And if you create a lead magnet for each of those individual types of personas, you can do it that way too. So you know, yeah. like, hey, if somebody does download my first time uh, home buyer's guide, I know who this is, you know? And then you can <laughs> right. tailor that welcome series to those folks. 
So that's another way to do it. Definitely. Right. So we, we've touched on, you know, the really the, the big one when getting people started on email marketing is that you got to let go of the everything has to be perfect. But what are some of those other mistakes that you see, you know, uh, new small business owners making or, you know, that you have in your experience that are uh, hurting people really even just kind of getting off the ground when it comes to email marketing? Yeah, I think it's definitely that perfectionism. I, I'm going to say it again. It's the perfectionism. <laughs> it just, I mean, I get it. Like, it's a problem for me too. You want to look like you have your stuff together. Um, and so like it's analysis, it becomes analysis paralysis. Um, but the other mistakes, again, like I see people jam a bunch of content into an email, um, a ton of links. And um, with all this great content, uh, and what they forget to do is tell people how to work with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a big mistake I see people make. So make sure in every email you send, you have information for people like explicitly, hey, if you're ready to talk now, here's how, you know, whether that's reply to this email or click this link to schedule a call, whatever that is. Um, the other thing is, uh, people feel like they have to create brand new content every week. Um, you don't. You can recycle old emails um, that you've put out. Um, and so once you get a solid um, cluster of emails you've sent out, if you are having a week where everything is going wrong and you just need to get something out, go back to your an email from three, four, five months ago and brush it up a little bit and send it back out. Like mo a good open rate is about 20%. And that means 80% of your list never saw the email to begin with. So um, people think that just because they send it out once that everybody read it and remembered it. Right. They don't. So um, I think just lightening your own load um, with sending out emails is um, gonna help you be more consistent um, and obviously have more touch points with your leads and clients. Yeah. I think having that, uh, you know, creating that more, that evergreen content every once in a while, you know, not maybe think of that as, you know, something that maybe at least once a month, that piece of content that I'm creating is something that can be used over and over again. So that as you start building that up, you do have those ones that you can, you can pull from. I think that's always a really good, um, content strategy just in general. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, because it's, it's a slog to, create new content all the time and it's mentally draining. And so, yeah, again, lightening your load as much as possible, doing it is going to help you again, be more consistent and get your content in front of the right people. Right. And you touched on, you know, the open rates and things like that. So what are some of those, you know, key stats for people to really uh, pay attention to? And what are some of the other ones that, you know, uh, because when it comes to email marketing and when you look at all the different stats available, sometimes it can get a little frustrating, but you just have to understand what are the actual standards. Yeah. So, you know, email open rates have gone through a bit of a uh, rough patch, I should <laughs> say, the last year um, with, um, with uh, the Apple iOS uh, privacy update. So what if, if you're not familiar with it, um, Apple, uh, had a, um, an iOS update in the fall, last fall, where now they're saying they're not tracking open rates for, um, Apple iMail users, only if they're using that app. 
Um, so what they're doing is they're 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 saying that it's an open for any Apple iMail um, user. So that doesn't help with the accuracy of open rates, but they were never perfect to begin with. So um, what I like to tell people is, you know, again, anything over 20% is great. Um, that's that's pretty good. Obviously, doing better is the goal. Um, anything under 10%, I would be concerned about. And to me, that usually tells me there's something um, about the health of your list um, that's a little off. So you might, um, if you didn't maybe ask permission from people, uh, if you could add them to your list, that's usually a culprit I see. And so if nobody gave you permission to add them to your email list, they're not, they're far less likely to engage with your emails. Um, if every person who's on your email list gave you permission, your open rates are going to be a lot better. So um, those are the two or the two things I look for. Um, and then to improve your email opens even more. Again, think about that um, copywriting tip I gave earlier about um, putting the benefit of opening your email in the subject line. You know, what are they going to get out of it? What are they going to learn? How are they going to be transformed? Um, using that in your subject lines and also making it clear who the email is from. So your sender name, um, right. make sure that your name is recognizable <laughs> to right. people. And if it's not, maybe include, um, you know, uh, your, the, I can't remember the term for it, but is it your brokerage? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yes. Include that in your sender name as well. Right. Well, excellent. Well, what are, you know, when it comes to the email marketing, especially when, it, you know, um, creating these lists, there's a lot of uh, different ways to do it. And well, what are some of the best tools, you know, that, that you can provide and, you know, to, to help people really kind of uh, do this to where it's not, it isn't that slog. Yeah. So, you know, so I work at Aweber. So mm -hmm. of course, gonna, right. uh, I'm going to promote Aweber. It's a very, it's one of the original email service providers. So we've been around for 25 years and, um, you know, we've seen it all. So, but we've kept our a platform really simple for small business owners because most people only use about 10% of the capabilities of their email service providers. So, but we've packed a lot of value in it. We've got landing pages, um, we have tagging and segmentation so you can send more personalized emails. Um, we have award-winning customer support that's available 24-7. People love our customer support. So if they, anybody gets stuck just reaching out, they'll help you get unstuck. Um, and then the other thing is we take a lot of pride in our deliverability. So we've, um, we have the back-end systems to make sure emails stay out of the spam folder. And uh, we take that very, very seriously. Not every email service provider does. Um, so that's the number one is us. I'm going to brag on us, Aweber. Uh, but the other one is if uh, another tool that's really easy to use and will help make your emails a little bit more polished is Canva. Like if you're not already using it, use it. <laughs> it's so easy to use and it can make everything look a million times better. Right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
I want to thank Emily for joining us today. She shared a ton of great information. I'll definitely be implementing a lot of it in our own email marketing campaigns. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.